Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. This is Cashflow Ninja. My name is MC Lobsher. Thank you so much for joining me in another episode of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. This show's audio production is done by On Air Brands. You can learn more about On Air Brands at www.onairbrands.com. I've got a fantastic show for you, and it's live in person with friend of the show and a, a person that's become a great friend and, and partner, Josh McKellen. Bef uh, with Accountable Equity and Viva Me. Before I get to Josh, uh, a couple of things. A lot of things happening in the Cashflow Ninja world. So the first thing is, you know I'm going to tell, tell it again or share this with you. I have a book, The 21 Best Cashflow Niches. Um, and this is all about creating wealth and the best alternative cash flow investments. Again, you can grab the book at cashflowninja.com forward slash 21. That's two one niches. And when you grab the book, you also get access to the digital book, the audio book. You get access to a curated library of interviews where I have Cashflow Ninjas talking about the niches featured in the book and more bonus interviews. That's at cashflowninja.com forward slash 21 niches. Well, Josh, I, was, I, I was tied up there because I just got into the 21 niches, the cashflowninja.com, 21 niches. I just bought the book, the program, and the curated bundle. So I'm so grateful. Seriously, what you're doing for us listeners, and I'm a big listener, I always text you. Thank God I actually know this guy. So I get to say, thank God for that show, whatever show it was that I just listened to I tell them you're doing so much for all of us you're questioning the status quo you're helping us see the bit forest through the trees I love the show no I appreciate your support now for folks that are not familiar with Josh McAllen you could go to cashflowninja.com and put in his name all of the past episodes are there we've now recorded over 700 for Cashflow Ninja and combined with Cashflow Investing Secrets there's over 800 podcasts available there Josh has been featured on a number of them for for new listeners because there's a whole bunch of them can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with happy me? happy to in one minute here a father of 10 which is my calling card people <laughs> say what you're that guy with the 10 kids yes a hungry young producer's wealth kind of first of all I'm a producer's wealth client but I'm a hungry young guy that wants to build great livelihoods for our workers our teams and for the investors that join us so we do own several companies we're a capital group accountable equity we're a hospitality management specialist that's Viva May and we uh, go out and acquire these resorts. So you may know me through podcasts in the past where you've heard about Renault Winery Resort. And some people consider uh, my, my reputation to be around the spirit and joy of hospitality, which is really a deep why for Melanie and I. And uh, we, we always say with 10 kids, you know we're in the people business. And over the years of just studying the heart and the good of people has helped us really perform well in hospitality. So in those three things, um, I'm just honored to be part of this community and have all of you guys so many of you guys are actually part of our community as well so thank you guys for uh, having me on cash flow ninja absolutely now josh and melanie they have 
a superpower and they leverage that superpower in the historic resort niche, which is also featured in the book, by the way. By the way, is it niche or niche? I, I go by niche, <laughs> but I always do that uh, tongue in cheek. I often use the fancier terminology sometimes. I think niche is fancier than niche, but you're allowed yeah. to say niche. Yeah, um, it's funny. Folks are saying, you're sounding a lot more American when you say niche. But yeah, it's funny how it's pronounced differently all across the world. But you're in the historic resort niche. Um, what's going on there right now? What's an update at this point in time uh, in that industry and in that market and in that Yeah, niche? so great question. I mean, we like to buy uh, resorts that have stood the test of time. And I think that's why you always love them because they're historic for a reason. They were there for generations. So maybe there's something about their location, their physical physical attributes, their water, whatever it may be. Or, uh, so yeah, we are doing well. Uh, the, the, the niche as a greater whole, I think the best way to conceptualize it for you listeners is think of what's going on in Airbnb on the house level. The more eclectic, the more special, the better it's doing on Airbnb. Made it through the pandemic. Those properties probably made it through the Airbnb pandemic very, very well compared to the city Airbnb houses. Well, think of us as the same idea. We're making it through the world transition. Actually, people want more eclectic, more unique, in our case, historic, uh, with natural beauty around them. So we have continued to grow through the pandemic. So uh, it, I imagine that's the case for other people in my business. Yeah. But uh, we, we primarily dig deep in what we do. And, and then we ensure revenue by selling weddings on top of our resort. So that's exactly how we explain our business. We're in these legacy properties that have stood the test of time, usually 100 years plus which means something's great about their location and their people, the people in the area. And then, of course, if you overlay high profitability things like weddings, you also get guaranteed cash flow for at least 18 months out. And therein lies the reason why so many people are attracted to invest with us. So uh, for a big part of the industry, if you're listening to this, you know that hospitality got slapped big time over the past 20 months and continues to get slapped, by the way, uh, because of the uncertainty of the environment that we're operating in. Uh, so it's just been incredible to see the strategies that you've implemented and executed on these properties, such as Renault and Kent Manor, two of them, um, because essentially, I mean, there's a lot of creative strategies, which I know mm -hmm. that you will share, uh, but this has been a this has been a tale of t the tale of two. Cities. It has the been tale a tale of two. The tale of different properties because, on your historic properties, which is located close to major markets. I mean, Renault's pretty close to Philadelphia, pretty close to the New Jersey market, which is one of the most. Yeah, Manhattan. I would say New York, close to Atlantic City, and then of course Kent Manor's close to Washington D.C. Um, it's been a completely different tale for them uh, with regards to other properties in that. In that right. Space. Yeah. Great point. And for those of you who are listening, thank you, uh, MC, for bringing that back up. So I always think of myself as this unique experiential legacy type resort business operator, which is a really special niche, which I do think is here to stay. Just like I say, our properties are 100 plus years old. I think our niche is here to stay. However, hospitality is a broad vocabulary word. That industry is primarily Marriott and Hilton, by the way. Yeah. If you look on the internet, it's almost always the, the various brands of Marriott and Hilton when you go on Expedia. And then there's the lower brands, the Motel 6s and the Wyndham's. But then, you know, those have suffered tremendously because they're boxes and they're in metropolitan areas usually or in tertiary areas that don't have. There's no reason to go there unless there's a conference or an event. Right. And if conferences and events went away, those businesses suffered and they're still languishing. 
Um, so yeah, that's a good point. In the world of hospitality, we all know that everybody's down in the big boxes, and therefore the Marriotts and the Hiltons are down overall year over year. It's our specialty, and there's thousands of people that do what I do. There's thousands of resorts like what we do. Uh, they're actually up because what they were, they were escapes during the pandemic. We yeah. were drive to escapes, and that's the other cool thing. You said it quickly. We're drive to, so we're we prove. Remember how like the the islands and cruises, those things literally shut down yeah. during the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. You know, we actually yeah. stayed full with drive to getaway and getting out of cities. And anyway, so there are a couple distinctions there. Thank you guys for your patience. You know, so our distinction is thank the good Lord doing well. Yeah, and and I think for our listeners, it's important to know that, and you know that I talk about the reset framework quite a bit. So you have to understand why people are traveling, where they're traveling to. I mean, airline travel, the numbers are just terrible. It's down way, way down again, uh, because number one, people aren't necessarily traveling and flying that much to go places. Number two, flying and traveling for work is down. Um, you know, we fast forwarded 10 years into the future, like I always said, in, in two months. So I don't think it's coming back. I, I really don't think that's coming back. And that's why a lot of the hotels, the big box stores, yeah, big box. they travel for work. So it's, you know, it's the it's the the weak warrior, you know, as I as I used to say, the the, the traveling uh, business folks that would travel and stay in hotels and eat. And, and of course, this ancillary businesses, that's not necessarily coming back. And overall, the travel industry isn't coming back. What is coming back big time or is flourishing is the drive to places uh, such as and that's why short term luxury they rentals are, way are doing up. so well. <laughs> uh, they are way up. And then, of course, uh, resorts like this where you can escape to, but you can drive to and there's a reason to go there either you're getting away for the weekend or there's a wedding or there's outdoor activities or there's a golf course or there's a winery there's all these other different things that bring people onto the property so i just wanted to point that out because uh, people might be listening to this going i don't i still don't understand the hospital like hospitality is way down how is how is this niche doing so well and that's why because people are still getting married yeah. the last time i checked and even more so right yeah right yeah. Right this minute, yeah. Right this minute, I mean, I think we have. Uh, I feel free to have anyone fact check me on this because we have tried to fact check ourselves. But we are by far the largest producers of wedding contracts uh, of any hospitality company in the country. And I always say, if we're biggest in this country, we're probably biggest in the world. Selling, I think we've sold over 25 million contracts, dollars of contracts in less than two years. In the last two years, we've sold about 25 million in contracts from zero. Not like we bought a business with 23 and grew it to 25, zero to 25. So we're, we're focused on sales process. We're focused on making sure we sell you know, we have exactly the right amenities for that niche. Right. So we're a niche in a niche yep. that is thriving, and therefore it de facto fills our entire resort every week. And we all thought you and I were here from the beginning. You even saw the resorts. You know, in my life, sorry guys, here we'll go deep. And and if you want to get specific, we'll get specific on things too. But you know, I've had a, about a ten year career with this exact specialty niche resorts that are drive to. Before that was hospital was actually construction management and business ownership. Everything was always overlaid with marketing and selling because I've come to realize just like in Cashflow Ninja or it, you you talk about it but also in uh, you know Rich Dad Poor Dad core skill we all need if we're going to run a business run an investment is to be able to sell on value so my point is uh 
that's been the thread through here. And with resorts, we get to really stretch and, and use that muscle of selling. Because back to the Marriott's and the Hilton's, they're staying. I, you fill a Marriott every weekday because of business travel or a conference. If those slow down, what are they going to do? Have cheaper dinner prices? I mean, nothing's going to get you to that Marriott on the side of the highway except for business had to get you there. Whereas for us, we sell Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. We sell something. You come, we fill up. Weekends, oversold. But it's kind of in our, we control our own destiny. And I think that's the thing that when investors come and see what we do, they fall in love with that peace of mind. You know, and last thing on this whole silliness is private investing in general, which of course everybody who invests with us is an accredited private investor, is usually uh, outperforms the, the, the public markets, but it is so clearly dependent on the team. And from, you know, my promise to you years ago was, why don't we just let you meet our team? Why don't we just make ourselves completely available before you invest, during your time of it, so that you at least know how we are going to operate your investment. And, and so impossible to do that with Wall Street. Clearly, it would be impossible to know who's actually touching your money after it leaves your hand. We are the ones operating, building buildings, and hiring people. Yep. And that ties into my next question is the operations. You know, with, with businesses, you have marketing, you have sales, and operations. You have the rain-making skills, the making it rain through marketing and sales, and then you have the rain-catching skills, delivering, fulfilling on the promise. And, and that's where the secret sauce comes in. And I, that ties into the team because it is truly a dream team um, uh, that, that you've put together on these resorts with a culture. So uh, what are some of the things that you, that you could share uh, within this past 20 months? Because it's been quite incredible. For any of our uh, listeners and investors, I know many of you have been out to these properties and have experienced this but what are what has been some of the things that you can share lessons learned successes and and things that that you can like yeah another lesson learned is that the economy we first of all we 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 did well so we were able to raise prices so our, our revenues are very very high compared to our projected performance but of course we all know we're in an inflationary time so inflation also pressed against us and so what i love to share with your listeners because they're very thoughtful they're, they understand how cash flow work we need to keep an noi at the bottom the net operating income so what we learned, and this is the biggest lesson learned, is that the people, which we always thought were the core, we, we call our capital, we say there's cash capital, financial capital, and then people capital or human capital. And we actually really see the people as part of our investment and we invest in them. That was done because it was close to our heart before the pandemic. And then in the pandemic, it allowed us to retain and grow our people. Remember, how many restaurants have you been to today that says, forgive us, we're understaffed, delays in times, or you can't sit here. They'll shut sections because they don't have a server. You know, we actually never experienced that. Clearly, we're running lighter on staff than we wish, especially in the service and bar. But you will not see a sign that says, you know, this area is closed because of no staff. We just haven't. So I think what we learned, number one, was by treating the people with that kind of dignity and respect and meaning it and investing in them, it actually will keep them and they will bring friends. So that was the biggest lesson that even in the hardest time, um, we were able to get and keep people too. You know, the other big lesson of this was <laughs> we saw the, the pandemic and boy, did it hurt all of our feelings when we were all locked down. But when we started coming out of lockdown, we could go outside. We said, what can you do outside? And my wife had this whole inspiration. She goes, people need an outdoor activity, even in the Northeast, in the cold. And then you and I know at that time, we pivoted into a, a dream program we'd always hoped to do, these winter wonderlands. But since we're a winery, we call it a vintner, like the guy who makes wine in the winter, vintner wonderland. And we did ice rinks, and we had the morning shows there. We ended up bringing in, I mean, there was one 
weekend. I think we had like 3,000 guests just for ice skating and cocktails outside. And, you know, it was an amazing pivot. Well, what it did is it ended up changing our business and added a whole multi-million dollar new revenue stream and another way for people to touch us, right? So people are touching us now as families, not just wine connoisseurs, not just people who go into a wedding, not just golfers. So we kind of crisscrossed the whole demographic. It was pretty powerful. And then the last thing about about uh, the transition of the uh, the lessons learned was clearly to preserve pre- preserve capital, you know, and make sure that you have the cash available to handle these little storms. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Yeah, the experiences. And I think you guys tapped into the desire that people had for an experience again when they weren't able to have them. So, <laughs> so you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, how do I say this you know, uh, in, in, a, in a nice way? But yeah, you weren't allowed to have them. So all of a sudden you have experiences again and folks would go out there. They craved it. Um, they could go there. Now they're on the property. They're walking on the stalls. They're enjoying some of the wine. They're having a fantastic time and having the experience ice skating and so forth and enjoying all of the other many things on the property so it was incredible to see so i even um you know taking my my own family out there they just loved it so uh it was an incredible experience and it was great to see the creativity and it was also great to see the implementation and execution of all this come come uh to life yeah um so let's let's talk a little bit about um investing and investing as cash flow investors and i know that uh we're you know we had a conversation prior to this just on the cash flow quadrant too uh it's one of robert kiyosaki's books uh i I mean what a great book a lot of people talk about rich dad poor dad but cash flow quadrant really is the one that really uh opened my eyes um but we had a conversation about that too so accountable equity um of course is the arm through which investors can participate within this niche what uh some thoughts on that and how just uh, some of the things that you wanted to share around that because i know that you, you uh, yeah we just a great conversation around that we just uh, had, had a chance to explain this it was, sometimes we go through life and you're looking for analogies you know and i came up with a couple analogies yesterday that helped me rationalize okay now i see how things are working i don't know if you guys feel that way that there's this code out there i always say there's a code floating around like in the matrix and every once in a while you get to see through it so one of the things that crossed my mind the other day was um, Robert Kiyosaki has been credited for a lot. I mean, obviously, the number one business bookseller of all time with Cash uh, with uh, Rich Dad, but with Cash Flow Quadrant actually helped a lot of the people you and I know structure their new str- uh, ma- mindset around how to build a company. You know, remember that's the one where the top left is the E for being an employee and bringing cash in that way. Then below that is self-employed which is, you know, similar taxation, maybe a little more even. Then there's the B, business ownership, where you have a team that operates the business with and for you. And then below B, B obviously being pretty powerful, some tax advantages. Then below that is the I, this big I. And he says that all of us should be seeking to kind of get into that quadrant or at least diversify our cash flows in and include that. But it was in that I quadrant where you get the full tax benefits. Remember Tom Wheelwright? You've had him on this show like I've had him on our show. So 
So he, he, he's the best advocate for helping us get into that passive income I so that we get the tax advantages from the IRS code and outperform Wall Street. Because, you know, that's really, you know, so I'm really grateful. That's pretty much what we do. We build private funds that allow people to own their real estate passively and then benefit from all that cash flow. So we're like a cash flow. We're like one of your 21 strategies, thank God, the 21 niches. And we make it so it's bite-sized so people can afford buying a small piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. And you get to, I mean, obviously the, the business side of that where you're operating in on and operating the operations on the resort, that's in the B quadrant. So as the the business owner, and then you get to be on the, the I side as the, as the investor. And the nice thing to have with this too, and which which you do have, is you have the business that pays for the real estate. That's right. So, they're very so McDonald's-y, right? It's the, it's the McDonald's model. So uh, that's the nice thing about this, this niche especially. Um, and that's why it's such a, such a such a incredible and and I have I have to say very interesting niche too. Learning more and more about it over the years, um, and getting to see all of that. And besides the fact that you get to enjoy, it, <laughs> I know that life. that's the that's the hacking part. I used to joke about <laughs> that. Not only are we in you know outperforming Wall Street for everybody, they get to see where their money went. Right. It's in that cool sofa sitting out next to the fireplace, and now making you money because we rent it out. Believe it or not, so uh, you know it's really. It's fun, but there's a bigger thing that uh, that I think touches your heart too. And last night I spoke about it to our investors: is the lives we're touching, not only the guests because we want to do a good job for them, but the teammates. You know, this real we read this big beautiful thank you letter. And what I love about private investing is this gentleman named Steve Demelio, love him, just resigned. But you're like, why did he resign? Well, his wife's having the third baby, and he offered to be at home with the third baby so she can keep working. So he had to let us go, but he gave us months. He kind of helped us do an exit strategy for, him. and he just wrote a glowing five paragraph thank you to the team and really it was to the investors who had who had backed him he's like people were lo- losing their livelihood during the pandemic we weren't we were growing we were hiring he's like we were told not none of this would work and we overperformed he, he was just like i loved being on this team i I'm, I'm you know i'm here forever if you need me so it was powerful to see that these private investments touch actual communities and actual people i, I don't know if people notice that you know what i mean i think yeah. when people say yeah. to me what's the difference between buying you your property or buying a wall street this or that it's like a mountain different <laughs> it's like two different sides of an eye you're on two different islands one is really direct hopefully benefits from the tax code hopefully you see the benefit on lives the other one black box <laughs> the, the wall street one no I, idea I bought amazon right. stock and how did that help amazon i don't i don't know it really went to billy i, I don't know what happened after i put thousands of dollars in amazon and the other thing that it does too, which uh, has been just incredible to see, is the community where the resort is located. Because all of a sudden, there's now a thriving economy in that area. There's now a great place that employs people in that area. Uh, so that's been quite incredible to see. Just you know, over the the past couple of years, to drive down there uh, and to start to see, there's a little bit of a vibrance in that area. There too. is actually. You're absolutely right. And and your new roads are going in. New this, new Wawas. I mean, everything's kind of changing because. The, t- the market that this property was so pivotal and that's actually going to happen a lot of times over the years yeah. when we yeah. buy you know and we are on a march to 100 that's our audacious goal for 15 years over the course of 15 years we'll we'll find and hot, uh, purchase together with you investors uh, 100 of these beautiful legacy resorts and typically we're going to have a chance to revitalize them and revitalize a community and lives so uh, that's the whole story right there you got the whole story in one shot <laughs> there we go what are some of the other things that you're seeing josh uh in that industry what are some of the th- 
things that you see coming? Uh, what are some of the trends and things that you're that, that you're watching closely? Costs. Yeah, the biggest one for all of us uh, as investors is cost. You know, costs are going up. Um, I always look at this and I say, well, is that how do how do I evaluate if I'm an outside investor, haven't invested in any private deals yet? Clearly, costs are on the rise for everything from lumber to people's time to food to everything. And I, I keep settling because I'm obviously one of the biggest investors in our own businesses. Uh, I am the biggest investor. So I keep settling on the fact that I feel peace, that as costs go up, we're in a non-regulated, non-rent controlled uh, business. We're not like multifamily where you're live. Multifamily is awesome because it means someone lives there and they need to live there and you got stability there until the government says you they don't have to pay anymore, right? I mean, we all saw that happen last year. So most of the great operators you and I know made it through without losing businesses or building. But weaker, meaning less capitalized, younger operators probably struggled exponentially because if you're not getting cash flow on a multifamily for five months or six months or whatever, you start to lose the business. Whereas for us, the sad and the, tr the good and the bad is we are raising prices and therefore we're offsetting costs, not always dollar for dollar and not every day, but over the course of month after month, um, we are charging more. Now we're great marketers and salespeople, so we have to identify how much you can charge. But if you back it up with the great operations, like you said, rain making, rain catching, never heard anybody say that before, by the way. So we work hard on the rain catching, meaning once you say yes to us, you're going to be delighted. Therefore, you're going to probably just tell people you were delighted. Therefore, I can charge 15% more next year. And I don't know if you'll be able to charge 15% more for rental houses. You know, the government may slow you down at some point. I mean, I mean right now you can. Just go charge 15% more for your house. But what if you have 10,000 units or 5,000 units? Are you really going to be able to jack up? Is the government going to let us do that year after year? They are in our business. I mean, I can't imagine they'll do rent controls on on how, uh, getaway weekends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, getaway weekends range from $150 for some places right. to $2,000 right. right now. Right. So there's right. a big range right now. So if I have to change it from 350 a night to 400 a night over time, there's no government that's going to stop us, just the market. And I, we like our odds on the market. My friend Brian Page has created a cash flow machine generating over $100,000 in six months without owning any real estate. His system consists out of renting properties from property owners and renting them out on Airbnb. His system is so simplistic, it can be managed by virtual assistants and yet so effective and powerful that it predictably generates cash flow every month. Brian and I are hosting a webinar where he shares his system and how it generated over $100,000 in six months for him personally. You can access this life-changing webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash BNB. This is one of the greatest cash flow opportunities I've seen since I've started my podcast. Again, the URL is cashflowninja.com forward slash BNB. This a niche or niche really well positioned in uh, as well as I've shared on the show the Cantillion effect. So Richard Cantillion came up with this uh, this uh, philosophy and this uh, this well this viewpoint that when he, he saw when there was newly created currency units, people that positioned themselves close to powerful uh, power centers, closer to the kings oh, yeah. and the knights and you know all of the folks, they would get access to the newly created currency units first. And what did they? They do they position themselves in hard assets?
assets, businesses, and so forth, and leverage of, of course, more currency units through debt, um, so that when the newly created currency units flow through the economy, then all of a sudden they get to benefit from <laughs> asset inflation, right? A rise of the value of the assets that they hold, but also price inflation as it starts to go uh, into the middle class and then obviously works its way to the poor. Where as investors, you have to be cognizant of inflation. You have to be cognizant of the cantillion effect because it's playing out in real time. It's. I mean, you it literally see it fast. in twenty months. This was a. This is basically a case study for anybody that wants to study the Cantillion effect. Where if you were positioned properly in hard assets, um, as an investor in the I quadrant, and also as a business owner in the B quadrant, then you would have benefited from both asset inflation and price inflation, which both of those hurt the middle class and also especially hurt yeah, the well, poor, right? This show is definitely different than most shows for you <laughs> listeners. I want to just take a public service announcement. You are blessed to have my buddy MC here because because he does speak in nice common English, but teaching us things that are pretty advanced. So um, you know what I call it? Uh, I like saying I like to say that we're in drive to, back to your contil yep. contillion. Okay, I like that, and newly printed currency <laughs> units. I like that those two expressions. The contillion effect for us was, it was pretty basic. We're simple people. We said, well, we know Manhattan is powerful. Yes, we've seen it lose a little power this past year. And we have benefited from being in proximity to Manhattan. And then we've been really blessed being in proximity to Washington, D.C. 45 minutes, one of our properties. And we're, we're over a mile of water uh, front property. And we're only 45 minutes from downtown Washington, D.C. You could imagine the wealthier you get in D.C the more stressful your work living in district one from the hunger games you're going to want a weekend getaway you're going to want to have your vacation on the water and boom we're right there and so the power center of dc feeds one of our resorts and the power center of washington and philly feeds the other and we've seen it happen i'll give you one cold hard fact that will show you this when you and i first looked at this project mc it was we said wouldn't it be great if we could charge 125 dollars per person per plate for dinner at a wedding which you know honestly i grew up very very humble that sounds like a lot of money to me i was always like wow that's a lot of money turns out that was low middle class and when we built our pro forma we knew that a low middle class to middle class family would spend that much so we weren't shooting for the aristocrats we were saying what if we could sell a wedding to a normal person a little bit expensive but they could afford it this year we will average 225 dollars a plate and it's only the second full year of the business first full stabilized year so what is that a hundred percent growth 90 percent inflation Yep, on our yep. prices and we got it we got it and we sold over 200 more weddings than our budget our budget was 125 we sold over 325 we actually got closer to 400 how do you do that well you do it quality sales and service but you do it because we're part of the cantillion effect those people had right. the money even in the pandemic they were signing millions aggregated millions of dollars of contracts those people had the currency right. units you right. your theory Right. happen and you saw you saw it because you went to all my updates and you came and you saw the weddings even and you saw that the price you could tell that beginning was people like me like humble i'm happy to you know walk around and i don't have any heirs or fancy anything so those were the those were the people having weddings a year ago now the people having weddings whoo they got some yeah. money because they got the currency units. We're close proximity, and it all flowed up. Yeah, it's it's been very interesting to see, and I love that analogy because I've shared on the show too that essentially we have a Hunger Games society that is in the development. I mean, this this is this is playing out in real time. So you're going to see a massive, uh, I would say, separation, and of course, the middle is being hit big time. Um, so yeah, so you want to know the game, you want to understand the rules that the game's being played at, and then you want to have framework 
frameworks and models to use to play the game. And you need to have the correct models and frameworks, by the way, because you could have frameworks and models, but if they don't use uh, or they don't work in, 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 the, in the new environment and in the new game, it's not, it's not going to be uh, working so, out yeah, so well. May yeah, I comment absolutely. on that for a moment? Yeah. Okay, so you're saying a framework is cotillion effect, meaning where the where the power centers are, they're going to get the currency first. That's one framework. The cash flow quadrant is another framework. framework. Yeah, and and you're th- that that's really helpful to me. Remember, I was saying a minute ago. Sometimes you have epiphanies. You're like, oh, now I see the code a little better. Thank you for that, MC. I, I look, you and I, I I did it from a ground up point of view. I just knew that a 45 minute drive from DC was right, right around the corner Ooh. for them. Of course it is. And we're so naturally beautiful. I'll tell you one other secret we have, and I'm I'm just going to say it. We came up with a terminology for what we look for in resorts. I call it primordial experiences. So timeless, things that speak to your soul, but no matter what millennia it's been. I always say water, nature, the the mountains, if we get around the mountains eventually. You know, agriculture, in this case, vines. Uh, Those types of, oh, and I always say fire pits. Because you you throw a fire pit out there. (laughs) You throw a fire pit out there, and for some reason, we all love it. Let's get some more smellers. Let's go. It's that simple. It's that simple. So those are the kind of a secret sauce is if we know if we stay where things have always been popular, like legacy stuff, and if we stay around the natural needs of a person's heart, not necessarily their body, the warmth and all that stuff, but you need peace and rest every once in a while, and that we, we kind of build our whole culture around that we're kind of here for the long haul even as society shifts yep. i believe and uh, and you have to be positioned so yeah there are great frameworks and models out there and we will continue to share them as a developing because the environment is consistently changing um and uh you got to have the right ones especially in in this day that we're an age that we're playing in right now um now you and i are doing a webinar a live webinar. Yep. So I'm actually, um, I've created a um, membership program. It's called the Cashflow Club. And we're actually doing a live webinar, which will be one of the features of the Cashflow Club, where investors can jump on and um, learn from great operators such as yourself and also get to ask you questions on the call live. Um, and that will be happening one, once a month. And this is actually open to the public, the first one. And then obviously, um, we'll have a, a membership for the Cashflow Club. This is on October 20th. 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. October 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you could sign up for that at cashflowninja.com forward slash capital webinar because um, there's a, well, let's throw out a little let's teaser there. There's a, there's a there's a phase two at Renault, right? If you missed oh, the right, boat right. on Renault and uh, you, f- you had a lot of FOMO. I always say that I have JOMO, but in this case, I would have FOMO. What, what, Joy what of missing JOMO? out. <laughs> but this oh. one, you would have FOMO. Oh, instead of fear. Fear of, of fear. missing out. Gotcha. There was a lot of FOMO uh, with, with there Renault was. and a lot of folks that are, yeah, that just keep keep asking about it. There is an opportunity. So do you want to talk there a little is. bit yeah, about we're, that? We're going to have to open it up. You know what? I'm going to use another analogy, and you, this is on air live. Haven't told it to you yet, MC, so you're going to judge me. Feel free to be harsh. <laughs> I said, why, are we, uh, we're, why is this a great opportunity to reopen uh, the opportunity to own the Renault assets with us really benefit from them. And I came up with the analogy. When we built Renault, you and I thought it would be about a two-thirds of what it is yep. today, revenue and foot traffic. I mean, this year we'll have far over 250,000 good people will walk through the property that you and I built. MC Lobsheer, the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system 
to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. We never thought it would hit 120,000. If you would have extrapolated how many people we thought would show up every year, about 120,000. We thought that'd be great. I mean, that's 2,000 people a week. That'd be great. So we're way beyond that. Now, what I my analogy is, phase two is desperately needed. I say we bought a beat-up 1965 Ford Mustang from the back of somebody's barn. Like the windows are broken. There's dust all over it. Only you and I could see that, wait, restored, that could be worth money. So that's what we bought at Renault. And we said, well, we only need enough money to build a restored 1965 six-cylinder Ford Mustang. Make it pretty again. We'll pay for the paint, new, restore the engine, get new leather, blah, 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 blah. Guess what happened? Because of the pandemic and the pressure and the good pressure on us and the good success, we ended up with a Shelby Mustang GTO, okay? But we didn't originally think we were building a Shelby GTO, so we raised enough to build a Mustang six-cylinder, and now we are cranking, and you wouldn't believe the types of things Phase 2 are going to cover and why we're raising capital. It's going to cover literally the electricity loads are beyond maxed out. I know that sounds funny. The bathroom loads are maxed out. The kitchen loads are maxed out. So we're actually going to unbottleneck and pick up all kinds of new revenue by just getting the building working at a whole nother level, an eight-cylinder GTO. And then we're going to do the land development rights with that invested capital to build over a 100-room resort spa and pool and really capitalize. There's this one big problem, and this is the yep. dirty secret of Renault. It doesn't have enough room. You know, and, and the one thing you and I joked about a minute ago, Marriott and Hilton, they are killing, they're dying right now a little bit because there's not enough business travel. Their entire business model, though, is built on giving away the food so that you sleep there that night. Well, our business model is make a lot of money on the food, thank God. And then sleep here, please. But there's nowhere to sleep because you know why Marriott is built on the sleeping part, not the eating part? Because you make a lot of money on the sleeping part. It's it's where all the profit is. So we've built this company that is making tremendous profit on food and beverage and just doesn't have the rooms. So we've got to build out the rooms and we've got to do it right away. We, we turn away almost 200 high paying, top price, full price every Friday and every Saturday, um, which equates to probably another 2 million to the bottom line. So we've got to pick that up. It'll obviously increase guest satisfaction so they don't have to go find another hotel, which we do. We are basically sold out forever on weekends. It's very hard. You almost have to fit into a gap uh, once in a while. There's just nothing available. So we've got to fix all that. And so phase two allows all of us to get in the Shelby GTO. Uh, And I know I'm not even a car guy, but I thought it was a better analogy to explain how much bigger this business became than you and I predicted. Yeah, I still, when you started your analogy, and by the way, I love it, and I'm not a car guy too, but I, I get it. You completely. get it? Oh, yeah, and I still remember when I drove down there on a very cold winter's day the first time to meet you and Melanie, and uh, I, I mean, I looked at it too and go, it's, wow. It's a yeah. bad, beat-up I mean, car. It's a, it's a be- bad, beat-up car, and I'm just blown away um, just looking at it now, what it's become, just through execution. It right? is, it's Action, execution. implementation, and execution. You can have a very bold and big vision, but Without a big and bold implementation and execution, it just stays a dream, essentially. And that's a hats off to everyone um, that's part of that uh, project there because they have uh, they've implemented and executed beyond belief. So this webinar will be on October 20th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, cashflowninja.com forward slash capital webinar. That's cashflowninja.com forward slash capital webinar. Uh, Josh, any Takeaways, uh, final thoughts with uh, our audience? 
No, I just thank you. I'm part of the audience as well. And uh, when I meet all of you guys and ladies, um, we have something in common. Um, I feel great being part of your community, MC. Unlike anything else, I'm part of a few other podcast communities ourselves, Capital Hacking. But your group is well-educated. They understand the difference between public and private markets and how powerful it can be. And we're just honored and <laughs> tremendously honored when you guys uh, choose to come to our webinars to learn more. Awesome. Josh, this has been a blast, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on the show again and uh, just providing so much value to all of our listeners as usual. If you want to check out all of Josh's previous episodes, which I would highly recommend, we've covered so, so much. We have. We've covered how to do the brrr for resorts. Yeah. We've covered opportunity zones. Which, by the way, this is an opportunity zone. Yeah, this we, is we do have to say that. That webinar will cover that. Yep. So if you're looking to offset some capital gains taxes too and strategies, which if you are not looking into this right now, you don't have the correct framework and models. I don't have to say that, know how to say that any clearer uh, because, uh, yeah, the uh, <laughs> we, we, we have the folks at the capital and the hunger games that are definitely trying to look at raising your capital gains taxes and retroactively um, and even unrealized. All of these are on the book. So you want to learn about those strategies. Opportunity Zones is a great one. So listen to the previous episode we did. I think Melanie was on that yep. one with us too, right? So this this is an Opportunity Zone uh, project, uh, but go to cashflowninja.com. There's over 800 episodes on there. Type in Josh McCall and you're going to find all of the previous ones that you've been on. And again, the webinar, again, cashflowninja.com forward slash capital webinar, October 20th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much again, Josh. And thank you to you, the listeners out there for spending your most valuable resource, your time once again with me on the show. Check out everything, community, programs, tools, resources, cashflowninja.com. And don't forget the book. Get the book. Get the book. The 21 best cashflow niches at cashflowninja.com forward slash 21 niches. Until next time, live infinitely. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.